0: Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. The Week 17 review episode of the Bears Talk Underground is brought to you by MyBookie. Hey, guys, we are up to our neck in bowl season here, and the time is now to get in on the action with MyBookie. Don't be the guy with no rooting interest. Put some money on the table so you got something on the line, even for a game between two, two teams you don't give a damn about. It's a 41 bowl game season. My God, that's a lot of football games. And we're running down to the very end with the National Championship game on January 7th. We got the New Year's Day games coming tomorrow. Plenty of action to be had at MyBookie. And make sure that you're ready for the daily action by signing up with MyBookie today. They pay fast when you win. Ownership really cares about good customer service, and they offer the craziest props. Where you bet is just as important as who you're betting on. And if you want to make money during what's left of bowl season, you got to go to MyBookie. Join now, and MyBookie will offer you a 50% deposit bonus to make sure you have a nice bankroll to play with. Use promo code BEARS25 when you deposit to activate the offer. That's promo code BEARS25. At MyBookie, you play, you win, you get paid. Let's talk about Week 17. This week on the Bears Talk Underground, it was a damned if you do, damned if you don't situation for Nagy and the Bears going into Minnesota on Sunday. Do we play our starters and try to win, or bench them and see what happens? The Bears played to win and went about the business of finishing the year on a 9-1 stretch. Did the Bears polish off the Vikings, or do we have a rematch coming wildcard weekend? All of this plus Bear Up and Bear Down on the Week 17 Review episode of The Bears Talk Underground. For the first time in many, many seasons, this will not be the end of the year for me or for you or for our beloved Chicago Bears. What's going on, everybody? Larity back for the week 17 review episode of the Bears Talk Underground, a victory Monday, our twelfth of the year. <laughs> Man. Oh, that is so sweet to say. And as you heard me say in the open, our victory over Minnesota meant the Bears. Since being three and three went on a nine and one stretch to close out the year, and the one game we lost to the Giants, we should not have lost that game. So we should be a 13 and three team. Actually, we should probably be like 14 and 2 or something like that as far as uh, games that we could probably win if we got a chance to play them over again, kind of thing. Um, but uh, hey, here we are, 12 and four, way better than what we thought we were going to do. Uh, At the start of the season, even after the Khalil Mack uh, acquisition, we thought that, uh, you know, trying to temper expectations. Let's be realistic. This is the first year with a new head coach, all these new players, a new system for Mitch Trubisky to learn. We did not think it would go this well. You know, we just didn't. And not because we didn't think the Bears were capable of it, but because how many times do you see it work out this well? in a a first-year situation. So, I mean, it's just the Bears have exceeded expectations across the board, and and we're not done yet. We are not done yet. And uh, thanks to the beating that we put on the Minnesota Vikings yesterday, the Vikings are done, eliminated from the NFC playoff picture, and in come the Philadelphia Eagles, the defending world champions, who many people are calling the hottest team in the league right now, kind of forgetting that they're playing like, yeah, they have uh, played very well down the stretch. They've won six of their last seven, but they are traveling into a place where only one team luckily beat us and where the other teams were massacred brutally, including the number two seed LA Rams. And they're playing against a team that has won nine of its last 10. So I would say, I would argue We're the hotter team and uh, we're playing in in our home stadium and uh, Matt Nagy today in his uh, press conference challenged the Chicago Bear fans to be themselves uh, this weekend uh, when the Bears and the Eagles play. Basically, we are the main event of the weekend. We are playing the late game on Sunday, uh, starting at like 340 or something like that. Um, I believe it's going to be on NBC as well. The... The primetime game on Saturday is, of course, the freaking Cowboys. So that's where uh, Joe Buck and Troy Ankman will be, thank God. Um, you know, I, I respect what those guys do. Uh, it was nice to see the Bears finally get some love as far as, as far as – because this is the first time all year that Joe Buck has called a game uh, for the Bears uh, this season. Considering the team that we've been all year long for the, the for Week 17 to be the one game that Joe Buck calls for us this year, uh i that's ridiculous but anyway so here we are uh we're 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 the they're going to be calling the saturday night game between the seahawks and the uh cowboys and uh we're going to be on nbc so we got to suffer through collinsworth and uh well collinsworth we have to suffer through i love al michaels but uh you know we'll be the nbc late game on sunday uh, to the main event for the weekend to, uh, to see if the Bears can earn a trip to Los Angeles for a rematch with the Rams. And believe me, the Rams don't want that. They don't want a rematch with the Bears. They don't want to see us again. Even on their home turf, our defense is still coming with us to Los Angeles, and Jared Goff wants nothing to do uh, with that Bear defense. So it's, uh, it's, uh, it's going to be an interesting week, an interesting weekend. Um, you know, as as the tournament begins and the number of teams going forward dwindles, will we be the last man standing? I think we can do it. I really, really think that we can do it. This is probably one of the more wide open postseasons we'll ever see. You know, usually there's a, a team that's head and shoulders, a team that's the favorite and everything like that. I bet the betting odds are all over the place in uh, in Las Vegas. Uh, right now and I, I know that New Orleans is probably the favorite best team in the league, uh, best record in football playing at home they got the home field so on uh, and so forth but they've been beaten by the Cowboys, the Bears have beaten the Rams and you know this round robin thing where these teams have kind of taken turns with each other one has always beaten the other, the bears have beaten the Seahawks, the Seahawks have beaten the Cowboys before and uh, and so on and so forth. So I mean, it's it's really as wide open as it gets. And the AFC is pretty much the same. Granted the Patriots got in and they got a first round bye, but the Chiefs are the number 1 seed, so the road goes through Arrowhead this year and the Patriots just seem a bit more vulnerable than they usually do. They usually seem to kind of power their way into the playoffs. Uh, you know, they, they, they rampage their way through December, they're playing their best football and then they come in for the buy and, and so on and so forth. But I, I just don't feel like the Patriots are that team, uh, this year. I mean, the Texans, that's going to be a hell of a team to worry about the Colts. Good God that won that game last night against Tennessee to get in to the playoffs to play the Texans, uh, next weekend. So, I mean, it's, it's going to be a battle that game, that one kicks off, uh, the wild card weekend and, um. You know, it. it uh, it's going to be interesting. I can't wait to see what happens this weekend. I already want it to be next weekend so I can uh, get down to it and see how my Bears are going to do against these stinking-ass Eagles. So um, anyway, let's talk about this game. Uh, yesterday, it, it's funny that, um, you know, and I'll talk about this as we go along, that the, we were on the road. It was the one thing that I was worried about. The Bears have not performed well at all on the road this year and if you look at our road schedule we had an easy road schedule you know we we, we played at green bay that's obviously a tough game but we started the year off there Let we go at arizona we had we were at buffalo at miami uh at uh, detroit at Min, you know uh, not minnesota at um the giants you know this is not a road schedule that's going to make anybody quake in their boots and we were four and three going into yesterday's game, in a place where we historically do not play well. the Vic, the The Bears Vikings rivalry has been a home and home rivalry to tr- traditionally, and we did win our home game on Sunday Night Football back in Week Eleven, and it was supposed to be, um, you know, if you go by the history and uh, and what have you, it's uh, it was supposed to be Minnesota's turn to to win the game and even up the rivalry, play their way into the playoffs. But as we saw, pretty much from the jump. Uh, the Bears were having none of that. Yep. Knee jerk reaction. The first quarter, the Bears and the Vikings. And the Bears have definitely come to play. They are not phoning this one in, not by any stretch of the imagination. I don't know if the Vikings even have a first down yet. I know that their first two drives were three and ounce. Um, not sure, maybe if I'm right about that or not. I'll have to check. But. The defense has come to play. I think we've we've sacked Cousins. Yeah, Cousins. We've sacked him at least once so far. We've pressured him two or three more times as well. Defense has definitely come to play. They are set to make their mark. Unfortunately, the Rams are already up 14 to nothing on the 49ers. Two turnovers on the first two offensive drives for the Niners make it. 14 points uh, for the Rams and with that offense that we saw last week 14 it might as well be 140 or nothing already in the first quarter we might start sitting starters in the uh, in the second quarter here uh, anyway on offense the Bears they came out running the football I think they ran just about every single down on the opening drive with a big 42 yard run from Jordan Howard the longest run of the year for the Bears on offense period and finished off the drive with a six-yard run where Jordan Howard Ran through, um, I think it was Daniel Hunter to, to score the six-yard touchdown run to go up seven nothing. So a three-and-out followed by us running the ball down their throats to go up seven nothing. Definitely showing that uh, we're living up to Matt Nagy's word about being uh, being in the game to play uh, today. So, but as things progress in, in, in Los Angeles with the Rams uh, stomping a mud hole in the in the 49ers. The game might start to fade uh, as we move along. But right now the Bears are up 7 nothing, and we've got a decision. We may or may not be going for it on fourth down here. Okay. First things first, we did not go for it on fourth down. Uh, we, we tried to do that musical chairs thing uh, with them. I think it was against the – it was on Sunday Night Football. I don't remember if it was the Rams or the Vikings – that we did that thing with, where we, we lined the punt team out there, then the offense comes running on the field, and it was the one where Charles Leno plowed into the referee and knocked him over so they had to stop it, and they couldn't run the play while the referee was collecting himself and all the rest of that stuff. But uh, nonetheless, I mean, it, was, it would kind of piss me off, actually, because the Vikings left their defense on the field, and yet that referee would not get off of the football, Because he was allowing for the Vikings to substitute even though their defense was already on the field. The guy wasn't paying attention to the personnel that was already out there. Minnesota didn't want to substitute because they already had who they wanted on the field. It was a short field, so it was most likely going to be a touchback type of situation. And the Bears then at the last second ran their offense onto the field. And, uh, you know, ended up uh, because of that whole deal, not running the play and ended up punting again uh, anyway. So a whole lot of nothing happened on that play. But I was just aggravated, as I'm sure Nagy was, about that referee standing over the football so the Bears couldn't run the play, even though the Vikings had their defense on the field on that play. So, But overall, in the first quarter, like I said in, in, the, in the reaction, uh, we came to play in the first quarter, and, and, you know, running the football uh, down their throats. And you remember talking to uh, Chris Gates uh, last week about what, what the Vikings need to do. They said put the ball in Trubisky's hands. Well, that plan went went off the rails immediately. When you let Jordan Howard run for, like, 50 yards on the first drive, yeah, that that's not going well. And, uh, you know, they, they wanted to put the Bears in a position where, where Trubisky would have to beat them, and once again, Trubisky being underestimated. Uh, I don't know if any of you guys heard my appearance on on the Better Rivals podcast Oscar Aparicio, from the when the when we had him on for the 49ers asking me to be on his uh, show, basically refused to give Mitch uh, trubisky any credit for the 25 of 29 day that he had uh, against the 49ers because all of the throws were short. It was in like a five to eight yard area, but um, you know never mind that you know we were usually in short yardage. Situations and that we did complete a 40-yard pass for a first down and a 26-yard pass to Taquan Mazzell coming out of the backfield and and things like never mind that Uh, you know he he kept harping on the interception that got called back because of the penalty and the stupid decision that Mitch made on the uh, on the pitch that became a fumble he kept harping on that as opposed to going 25 of 29 with uh, no official interceptions and and throwing a touchdown pass and completing every throw that he wanted to, especially when it counted like on those third down situations that the 49ers couldn't stop. So I was kind of aggravated. If you go back and listen to the show, I, he, he keeps, I say that the performance that Trubisky had against the 49ers reminded me of the performance that Garoppolo had against the bears last year. He didn't throw a touchdown pass. He had the one interception, but for the most part, Garoppolo, was highly efficient. I think he was like 26 of 30 or something like that in that game against the Bears last year. So that's what reminded me, you know, this guy in the first year in the offense and so on and so forth. And But 25 of 29 moved the chains when he needed to. The Bears had almost a full quarter time of position uh, than the uh, than the 49ers. But he kept going back to the mistakes that Trubisky made, and that's why Trubisky's not a good quarterback. Fine. They just And that's the way I said Like, okay. Yeah, like whatever. It's like you, we go round and round like this. I'm not going to do that. So, anyway, Trubisky had another day like that. Instead, instead of racking up 25 of 29, it just he was making the more important throws uh, in this one. He was making throws a little bit further down the field, and and there was a drive a little bit later on in the game that we'll talk about here in a second. But you know, the defense they came out hungry. Nobody was phoning it in. We put our foot down on on their throats. And the second quarter was pretty much the same story. I mean, we, we came to play, and Minnesota was scrambling from the beginning. Knee-jerk reaction in the second quarter. The Bears and the Vikings, and the Bears just have it all over Minnesota right now. Um, we added a second touchdown in the second quarter there. Uh, we thought... We had it one play earlier. Taylor Gabriel with a crazy diving catch uh, was initially called a touchdown, was ruled short at the one-yard line. On the very next play, Jordan Howard pounds in his second touchdown of the game. However, Cody Parkey – Talk about a guy who's making a case to be one and done in Chicago. Bangs another one off of the upright, and he nearly missed the first extra point. So, I mean, I don't know what the hell's going on with this guy. We're indoors. There's no wind. There's no conditions. It's just you and the uprights, bro. Put it through. Jesus Christ, man. Uh, anyway, we're up 13 to nothing right now. The Vikings have, I think, just one first down, maybe two. I was right. They had zero in the first quarter. They have one or two first downs here in the second quarter. They have less than 60 yards offense, if that, uh, right now. Jordan Howard himself has over 80 yards rushing in the first half and two touchdowns, so he's getting it done today. Uh, Trubisky's having another efficient uh, day. Uh, throwing the football, I think he's like 11 of 14 or something uh, insane uh, like that. So, and the defense is constantly up uh, uh, Cousins' butt, man. I mean, they're they're after him. They just showed at the end of their last drive. Uh, Cousins and Adam Thielen arguing on the sidelines about cause you could read Cousins' lips telling him, I don't have time. And basically, he was talking about uh, Thielen. Basically, dude, make the step and make your cut and so I can throw you the ball because I can't sit back there and wait for you to juke back and forth and then make the cut. So he's like, get up there, make the cut so I can throw the ball. And, you know, that is a team that is desperate. They need to win this game. Philadelphia is beating the Redskins right now, so the Redskins win. Basically, with the way things are right now, the Redskins win. Excuse me, the Eagles win and they're in because they're beating the Redskins. The, the Vikings are losing. This is a game they have to have. They're down two scores at home to the Bears, and with the uh, the Rams up twenty-one to three in Los Angeles. Who comes out for the second half? We start with the football. Is Trubisky going to be the quarterback? Does he come out for another uh, series or something like that? Is it Chase Daniel and company? We'll have to wait and see. But right now the Bears are dominating the Vikings, which I think is hilarious. We've been been a a crappy road team pretty much all year long. And here we are facing probably our best our toughest road test of the year. Going into Minnesota where we historically suck against a team that needs to win, we really don't. We, we're playing for the bye, but the L.A. Rams are taking care of that for us. We had something on the line that that's gone now. So do we phone in the next two quarters Do we put it on cruise control just to get through it since we're basically we're playing the wild card weekend or at least the way it stands right now? But The Vikings – you know, our team that needs this win and for the way that we've played on the road to look this good on the road in this game, I think is hilarious. But we're nursing a 13 to three lead here at the half and uh, we'll see how the second half goes. Who's going to come out and when the when the Bears start on offense again. Today. When I go back and listen to that, the first thing I think of is how I struggled with the name. Of Kirk Cousins uh, in those knee-jerk reactions, you kept hearing me pausing when I say Cousins because I couldn't remember his first name, and I kept wanting to say Terry Cousins, who, of course was a cornerback for the Bears way back in the day. So that when I think Cousins, I think Terry, not Kirk. And it kept tripping me up. So that's – you go back and listen to that first quarter knee-jerk reaction. I did it then too, and I only refer to him as Cousins because I can't remember his first name because when I think of a first name, the only one that comes to me is Terry, and I know that's not right. So uh, that was just listening to that kind of smiling to myself. But that little uh, back and forth with Adam Thielen and, and Kirk Cousins, you knew the game was over. Uh, At that point, those guys are coming apart at the seams with each other. I mean, Cousins was adamant about the point that he was making with Adam Thielen. You even see when he's on the sideline, he's got that little surface pro in his hands. He runs from one end of the bench to the other to show him again on on the surface like here. You know, look at this. See, this is what I'm talking about kind of thing. He was adamant about what needs to be done and the time that he does not have out there against that pass rush uh, for the Bears. And the second quarter was more of the same. Trubisky had that big throw to, to Taylor Gabriel. Uh, like I said, initially ruled a touchdown, but they went back and replayed, and he was down by contact at the one. Then you heard me talk about Cody Parkey. Uh, like I said, d- definitely making a case to be one and done in Chicago, and even though we'd have to take a cap hit to move on from him, he's making a case for that to be necessary at this point. Thankfully, he's only a kicker, so the cap hit wouldn't be big but, you know, it, it, he was indoors. There's no wind. There's no anything. I mean, the, the crowd noise can't affect the kicker. You just look at the ball and kick the damn thing. I mean, come on. So, uh, but in, in Matt and Nagy's presser, he said that it wasn't, he didn't think it was Nagy's, or excuse me, Parky's fault that he missed the kick. So, I didn't hear anything in today's presser about him backing that up or talking about it at all. So, I don't know what happened there or what he thinks happen or what he knows or uh, what have you but uh he said he didn't think it was uh, Parky's fault that uh, he missed the the kick so maybe o'donnell had laces in or something i don't know we'll we'll i don't know it'll be a mystery but nonetheless the guy isn't as consistent and uh someone made a tweet at me yesterday i think it was uh, frozen flame kid i think or something like that <laughs> uh sent me a tweet about uh his bold prediction is that if we lose in the playoffs it'll probably be Parky's fault and and basically i'll uh i'll I'll second that i I think that if uh if it comes down to him the evidence shows that he's unreliable uh he he you know he made those big kicks against minnesota in that sunday night game after his abysmal showing against the lions uh the week before he's answered the call so we know that he can but you know there was it was a no pressure situation against the uh against the vikings we were never in danger of of losing that game it was just a matter of adding to the lead that we already had and uh you know in in the high pressure situations when we needed kicks he let us down he did it against the uh the the um dolphins in that overtime game we had a chance to win that one and he missed it now there were some other factors that went into it but he had the leg he just pushed it to the right and um you know, if, if it comes down to Parky and a game-winning field goal, you know, I'm going to be on my knees praying when that, if and when that happens because I don't really have any faith that he'll put it through. So, um, yeah, if it comes down to Parky, then uh, <laughs> all hope might be lost. But that first half went about as well as it possibly could have. And, you know, the domination that the Bears showed, like you heard me say, I think it's kind of funny that – with the road schedule that we have and playing down to this inferior talent that we constantly run into on the road this season, for us to face our toughest road test of the season and come out and play pretty much one of our more complete games of the season, I thought you know kind of tickled me in this situation. We really have nothing on the line, to be completely honest. Yeah, we want the buy, but we have to rely on someone else to help us out with that. And those dickhead 49ers decided not to show up against the Rams. And uh, got run off the field. It was 31 to 10 at halftime uh, out there uh, in LA. They did not show up the way that they did to play against us last week. So piss on the 49ers. I'm glad we don't play them next year. So, but, um, you know, we, we are basically our hands were in somebody else's fate. We were the number three seed no matter what happened uh, with us. So we really didn't have much of anything on the line other than divisional pride. And uh, we had that in spades by the end of the first half. But as we go into the second half, the mystery was solved. The starters for, on both sides of the ball uh, came out, and they were still playing like they wanted to win. However, it's difficult to win when you got to play against two opponents. Knee-jerk reaction to the third quarter, the Bears and the Vikings. And uh, for anyone who follows me on Twitter, you, you saw me tweet this just a few minutes ago, but it's hard to win a football game when you have to play two opponents at the same time. The third quarter has been Bears versus Vikings and referees. First, a bogus holding call on Kevin White. They called him for holding when it was actually the defender that, that dragged Kevin White to the ground on a play where jordan howard i think it was a third down play actually jordan howard caught a screen pass and and ran it for about 20 yards got a first down that would have put us at like the viking 25 yard line or something like that they call the holding penalty instead of first and 10 at the viking 25 it's third and 13 or something like that the bears can't convert we have to punt Then the Vikings come down, and no less than four, at least four penalties that went against the Bears extended the drive for the Vikings just about every single time. The Vikings didn't really earn anything. The referees didn't give them on that drive, and it ends with a touchdown pass uh, to Stefan Diggs to make it a 13-10 game, and that's where we sit right now. The Bears are in the midst of the first offensive drive since that touchdown drive uh, for the uh, Vikings. We still have a 13-10 to 10 lead right now. The Bears just, um, well, I think uh, Jordan Howard got us about four yards on first and 10, so it's second and six, but we just got a first down just before that. Mitch was uh, using his feet to, to get some yards for us, so... Hard to call that 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 quarter. I mean, yes, the Bears uh, starters all played into the you know, throughout the third quarter. It was the starting defense that gave up the touchdown, but it was the referees with the assist on that one. So that's a tough one to call as far as should we sit him? Should we keep playing and, and all the rest of that stuff? But it's a 13 to 10 game. I say we go ahead and finish the damn thing and, uh, you know, get the win, shut down Minnesota, kick their ass out of the playoffs because the Eagles are up big on on Washington right now. So it's looking like Bears-Eagles in the wild card round next week if this holds. So they're coming back from commercial now. The Bears are up three. We have the football, second and six. Let's see how this bad boy finishes out. (laughs) And the third quarter was kind of indicative of what it was going to take for Minnesota to win that game. They were going to need help because straight up they could not beat the Bears. It was obvious, uh, you know. I, I, when I said that the the Vikings didn't earn anything that the referees didn't give them on that drive, they literally had about one play that they did on their own. It was a nice looking run from Latavius Murray that got them inside. I believe the the five or the ten, one of the two, and that was the best play that the Vikings had on their own. Everything else was. There was a roughing the passer call that was bogus. They couldn't really figure out who it was. They called it on Khalil Mack, but it was closer to Roquan Smith, who also did not rough the passer. Uh, there was a, like a couple of holding penalties or pass interference calls on, on Prince of Mukamura, who uh, somebody said was the most penalized player on the defense. You could have given me 100 guesses, and I never would have gotten that one right. But apparently that's the case. You know, it was just like one bogus thing after another. that kept extending the drive for Minnesota, giving them yards and field position they didn't earn. And that ended with a drive and a touchdown that put them within a field goal. Uh, of tying us and and, you know a one score game and and what have you and the whole quarter was like that it just kind of went against the bears starting with that bogus holding call on on kevin white where the defender dragged kevin white to the ground but somehow kevin white is the one guilty of a holding call uh and what have you it was um you know you kind of felt that this is what it was going to take for minnesota to win the referees were going to have to get involved and the referees got them within a field goal and then in the fourth quarter reality took hold and uh, the bears sent the Vikings packing. Uh, We secured our 12th win of the season, a five and one division record and a lot of momentum heading into the playoffs. Knee-jerk reaction to the fourth quarter, the Bears and the Vikings. And, uh, you know, it went back to an actual normal football game between two teams as opposed to the Bears having to battle the refs and the Vikings in the third quarter. And things righted themselves as they should. Uh, The Bears did get one call, but it was a legitimate call, actually. A defensive holding penalty on the Vikings, extending a drive there. The Bears were able to... uh, mm <laughs> Put a couple of more scores on the board. An impressive drive at the start of the fourth quarter. Finishing the one that we started at the end of the third. Uh, Running the ball down their throats. Jordan Howard over 100 yards again on the ground against the Vikings, who are supposed to be one of the league's best, uh, defending the run. Jordan Howard getting over 100 yards again. Uh, Tariq Cohen finishing off that drive in the fourth quarter. Four yards straight up the gut. And then... Once again, Matt Nagy with his creativity sends out another wacky personnel grouping on goal line with Nick Kudkowski, Bradley Soule, and Prince Amukamara who was running back and forth like a Crazy man in motion before the play started, and Trubisky hits Quitkowski for the two point conversion to go up 21 to 10. We, uh, the Vikings go four and outs, uh, you know, turnover on downs, and the Bears at a field goal. Cody Parker remembered to put the ball between the uprights to make it 24 to 10. And then our second teamers were absolutely teeing off on Kirk Cousins and the Vikings offense. I mean. It really was it was a bad look for the Vikings. They still had four and a half minutes, five minutes to go. They did have to, to, to score twice, which looked impossible the way that our defense and their offense had been playing. But we put the second-teamers out there, and it did not matter. So, I mean, something like that could, could easily be construed as your team quitting on you. So I had a buddy of mine text me to see how much time does Zimmer have left on his contract because the Vikings just laid a huge egg at home home against the team they have notoriously been successful against at home. And not only that, but in the final minutes when it counted the most and when the Bears were basically yielding. The second teamers beat up on them, and it basically looked like the Vikings quit. Like they knew the game was over and were no longer giving it a try. So, who knows? Things tomorrow's Black Monday. Everybody starts losing their job, and, and then the changes start uh, being made to prepare for 2019 for everybody who doesn't live beyond today. The Bears do, and the uh, the Eagles won, so it's going to be Bears Eagles next weekend at Soldier Field. Let's get it on, baby. <laughs> I was so excited at the end of the game. Can't you tell? I was pretty jacked up after the way the Bears polished off the the Vikings. That drive that I was talking about, uh, let's see here, 16 plays, 75 yards, nine minutes, five seconds taken off the clock, capped off with uh, Tariq Cohen running the football down their throats uh, for the touchdown. So three rushing touchdowns out of the Bears uh, on Sunday against what was supposed to be one of the best run defenses uh, in football. And you know, like I said, the, the second teamers were teeing off. They, they, they played like the last five, six minutes of the fourth quarter. They were pounding Kurt Cousins into the ground. the you know, they couldn't run the football against us or get anything going uh, as well. It was uh, like I said, it was a bad look. Not only did Minnesota lose this game uh, at home in a must win situation, but when the Bears are basically yielding, like I said, minnesota couldn't improve upon their situation the game was already over and it kind of looked like they quit and rumor has it uh, today that zimmer and rick spielman the general manager of the vikings are safe when i talked to chris gates yesterday we were kind of messaging each other back and forth uh (laughs) he used some rather colorful language to describe his desire for us to beat the eagles uh i won't share that with you but it was rather hilarious (laughs) but when i asked him uh, you know, how secure he thought Zimmer's job was. He thinks Zimmer's going to be fine, but Rick Spielman getting let go might not be out of the realm of possibility because for the last couple of off seasons, offensive line has been a a, a worry for them and he hasn't fixed it. And uh, so maybe his his lack of uh, ability or desire or whatever to fix that or to think he's got what he needs could have cost him his job he's like that's more likely than Zimmer getting fired and I read a report online today saying that uh, Zimmer and Spielman were both safe and and coming back for 2019 so we'll talk about the coaching changes here uh, in a minute there are going to be eight open jobs uh, going into 2019 or eight jobs that need to be filled between now and the start of next season but we'll talk about that here uh, in a bit I want to talk about that play with Nick Witkowski. That was another one of those situations where, uh, you know, he starts Nagy is the is the he I'm referring to, uh, using defensive players and and what have you to uh, to put, put together some some interesting personnel groupings down there for two point plays or, or you know goal line situation. Um, Bradley soul was playing fullback a lot, uh, in the game on Sunday. We'll talk about him in a minute, provided literally my favorite moment. The entire game was from Bradley soul. Um, but that two point play it's, it it was the moment that I, I I realized or the moment that I just kind of felt that this is the team to beat in the NFC because I, you know, and, and granted, I haven't seen new Orleans play much. I haven't seen as much of the uh, of the Rams this year. But there is just something about a team that plays together, the way that this team does, that is extremely hard to beat. You know, we've talked about all year about how resilient te- this team has been, how mentally tough they've been. The mistakes that they've made in the past would do something that would sink the team. This team, on the other hand, finds a way to bounce back, if not make that make that a, a mistake, erase itself. You know, we had three turnovers in that game against the Vikings. It didn't matter. We still dominated that game and, and won handily. You know, don't let the 25-20 final score fool you. The Bears kicked the crap out of Minnesota the first time around. Those two touchdown passes that Kirk Cousins threw came very, very late uh, in the game. And it did come down to an onside kick, but... It was the game had already been decided. That's that's basically what the point that I'm trying to make. And, you know, the three interceptions that Mitch threw against the Rams, the Bears got four out of Jared Goff. And and, you know, we kept bouncing back. My favorite play to talk about, obviously, um, you know, Mitch throwing the interception on one play. The very next play, Kyle Fuller, who I said Kyle Long last week. <laughs> Kyle Fuller comes back on the very next play on the very next play and intercepts and gets the ball back, therefore erasing the mistake that Mitch made uh, on that throw. So, I mean, it's that's the kind of football team that we have. And on that two point play, you got Prince of Mukamura back there. You got Bradley soul on the field as well. Uh, you know, and like I said, Mukamura running back and forth, uh, you know, just crazy back and forth. Mitch fakes the pitch to him, rolls to the right, and hits Nick Kudkowski uh, for, uh, for the two-pointer who had to jump up in the air and, and and came down with it, even though he took a hit. And as he runs to the sideline, the entire defense is over there to greet him. You know, everybody is over there. They're jumping up and down, they're patting him on the helmet. You know, like the entire team was waiting to embrace him when he came to the sidelines. And this is not a guy. That is, you know, he hasn't started a game since week one. Roquan replaced him in the lineup week two against the Seahawks and hasn't looked back. So the contributions we've been getting from Nick Kwiatkowski have been in maybe some kind of relief duty and mostly on special teams. And yet the team rallied around him in that moment that he made the catch and, and all that kind of stuff. And we're seeing it. That's not the, the only example of that. We're seeing it all over the place. Something that Nagy has done with this team isn't something that you can search for. You just, The guy just has to have it. And when it, this is the right situation for everyone involved. Matt Nagy may not have had the same success had he gone to Indianapolis, the other job that he was heavily coveted for. He may not have had the same effect on those guys that he had on this group uh, of players. Club Dub, one of my absolute favorite things uh, about this team, a borrowed idea of uh, from the Chicago Cubs, the Cubs do the same thing. When they win, the veterans throw a little party in the, in the, in the clubhouse after the win to celebrate their their victory and such. Matt Nagy talked to Joe Madden, asked him if he could borrow the idea. Club Dub is born. It's the one thing that the players look forward to when the game is over. They go into the locker room. They dance and fool around for a couple of songs before Matt Nagy comes in and talks to the players and gets to the business of getting themselves home and getting ready for the next game. It's just little special things like that. Something about a group of guys that play together, that are in it for each other, is extremely hard to beat. We may not be the most talented team in the NFC, but I believe wholeheartedly we are the best, and we're going to be the toughest to beat because we play together like we do uh, each and every Sunday. There isn't anything that we can't face uh, as a team uh, this year, and watching that moment where everyone was running to the sidelines, running to the to greet Kwiatkowski as he came off the field when he made that catch, it, it almost sent shivers up my spine and gave me goosebumps to see it because I knew I was seeing something, something special. You know, this is a guy that uh, you know has probably had to swallow his pride this year because he was a starter for us last year. He, he started the year as the starting inside linebacker next to Trevathan and had to step aside for the rookie and watch him have the success and, and, and everything uh, as well. And he got to have a really cool moment yesterday uh, against the Vikings, contributed to our victory uh, in a way other than, uh, you know, making a uh, making a special teams uh, tackle. I mean, aside from that, the last time we heard from Quitkowski was when he forced and recovered a fumble against New England week seven you know, they, they caused that fumble on the uh, kickoff return and he recovered it himself. So that's the last time we pretty much said the name Nick Witkowski, uh, out loud, but he had his moment yesterday. He made the most of it. And, uh, just another thing about why these guys love to play, uh, for Nagy, they go through a brick wall for him. And, uh, you know, that was one of those moments that, uh, that really, uh, that really came through. So we get the win, over the Vikings, moved to 12-4, and 5-1 and one in the division. <laughs> that's two more wins in year one for Nagy than John Fox had in three years playing against the uh, NFC North. <laughs> God damn it, that's depressing, isn't it? This is what we've had to endure. That's what we had to endure to get to this, but Nat Nagy is the gold at the end of the rainbow. I feel like we're going to have many more seasons like this as opposed to the ones we had to suffer through Uh, with John Fox in 2015, 16, and 17. Real quick, before we move on, Bradley Soule and my favorite moment of the game yesterday. (laughs) He was playing fullback, you know, on a bunch of downs yesterday. Not Michael Burton, Bradley Soule. And uh, there was one play, the Bears ran play action. Mitch actually faked (laughs) handoff to bradley soul who runs a seam route down the middle of the like legit runs a seam route it, it wasn't like he ran and stopped at the line of scrimmage to help in pass protection no 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 he ran through the line of scrimmage down the center of the field you know and i didn't get to see whether or not he turned his head back to see if he was open maybe throw a hand up to mitch or something like that i actually don't even remember how the play ended i don't know I think maybe he threw it to Trey Burton or Gabriel or whatever. It doesn't matter. Okay, Bradley Sowell legit ran about a 30-yard seam route down the middle of the field yesterday. I laughed my ass off when I saw that because here's this big, gigantic man running down the middle of the field. and it, It was almost like, does anybody else see this right now? This is so crazy. He's just running down the middle of the field like a receiver. He was running a legit seam route down the middle of the field like that's the way. The play was designed. It was so awesome. So that was literally my favorite moment in the entire game, and nothing happened. But it was so great to see number seventy nine rumbling down the middle of the field, running a legit seam route down the center of the field. It was so great, so great. My favorite moment uh, of the game yesterday. So that is going to do it. Our beloved win twenty four to ten. We send the Vikings home packing. We shut them down, eliminate them from the NFC playoff picture. Therefore. We are the lone NFC North representative in the playoffs this season, waiting for the Philadelphia Eagles to come to Soldier Field at 3 on Sunday afternoon. And um, I'm looking forward to it. Everyone wants to talk about how hot the Eagles are, defending world champs, Nick Foles doing his magic again, blah, 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 blah. Well, we won 9 of 10. We have the best defense. We have the home field advantage, and I like my quarterback a lot pretty much too. So deal with that. That's what you have coming and waiting for you uh, this Sunday, uh, against the, uh, against the bears. So anyway, what do you go what do you say? We go ahead and wrap things up with everybody's favorite segment, bear up, bear down. <laughs> Promo code Bears twenty five. Get in on the action with bowl season as it winds down. Uh, the Big Six uh, bowl games are happening tomorrow on New Year's Day. So you want to get in on those and the BCS title game with uh, Alabama and Clemson is uh, next. Uh, what Thursday? The the se- what is the seventh? The se- who cares anyway? Monday. I think it's a Monday. Yeah, it's a week from today on Monday. So yeah, go ahead and uh, get in on the action. Bears twenty five. The promo code. Uh, for my bookie so before we get to bear up and bear down there's a, there's something I forgot to mention um, was Anthony Miller Anthony Miller went down with a shoulder injury yesterday and it was really uh, kind of freaky what happened it was a non-contact injury he didn't hit anybody or or anything like that he, he caught a I think he was running a jet sweep if I'm not mistaken or at, at the very least a crossing route I don't remember the play very well uh, to be honest with you but He's running across the field. He's got the football in his hands. And then all of a sudden, you just see like, like it just, his energy was zapped, just like that. He goes down to the ground. And then when you see the replay, it just kind of looked like all of a sudden something hit him because he lost the ball. The ball comes out. He falls on top of it. It rolls out of bounds. No big, No harm, no foul. And then he's laying there on the ground and he doesn't want to get up. And um, first thought that I had was some kind of knee injury. Did he blow a an ACL did he you know pop a quad did he pull a hammy something like that and then when he stands up he's leaning to his left it was the shoulder and like I said a non-contact injury when you go back and you look at it he doesn't touch anybody he, he doesn't have any contact with anyone until he gets to the sideline and I had a buddy in high school one of my closest friends growing up his name is Jason Greer and he had he dislocated his shoulder I forget how he did that I wasn't there. I know that. <laughs> we spent a lot of time together. I was not there for that. But he he dislocated his shoulder at one point. And when we were in high school, um, he didn't have surgery on it right away. And when we were in high school, he went swimming at the Y, the YMCA. And just the motion, you know, of, of swimming, just doing a regular, you know, swimming stroke, his shoulder popped out. And that's the first thing that I thought of when Anthony Miller went down with that shoulder injury, was that he just had he just turned the shoulder in just the right way for it to pop right out of the socket uh, the way that it is. So he's probably going to have some some off season shoulder surgery to fix that because he can't keep missing games because his his shoulder won't stay in place. He's probably going to have some kind of surgery in the off season to get that repaired. Uh, I think um, you know when Matt Nagy addressed the injuries, he was very optimistic about getting everybody back on Sunday against the Eagles. Eddie Jackson, Aaron Lynch, Allen Robinson, who did not play yesterday with the rib injury that he suffered against the 49ers, and I think he believes Anthony Miller should be fine uh, for Sunday. Popped the shoulder back in place, uh, so he's good to go. Um, I think it was his video that I was watching of Club Dub last night, so obviously he's okay, and I think the Bears just didn't want to risk it by putting him back in the game in, uh, yesterday, so uh, I, I do believe he'll be fine, and he'll play Uh, on Sunday against the Eagles. And according to to Nagy, he expects Aaron Lynch and Eddie Jackson to be back along with Allen Robinson. So we'll be back to full strength on Sunday when the Eagles uh, come to town. So bear up and bear down for the Week 17 review. And um, I only have one bear down. It's Cody Parkey. Um, He made a field goal at the end of the game. Fantastic. He made one extra point, uh, but missed the second one. And that's pretty much the only negative part of the game, aside from, uh, you know, uh, Gabriel and um, Anthony Miller leaving the game with uh, injuries. Anthony Miller with his shoulder, uh, Taylor Gabriel with a rib thing, but he th- both are minor and they'll both be fine, uh, according to Coach Nagy. So no harm, no foul there. Just uh, they got banged up. They're not putting them back in the game. Um, but Cody Parkey... Kicking is an important part of the game. As much as nobody wants to admit it, it is very, very important. And we we might need you, and you got to do better than this, bro. You got to do it. So bear down, Cody Parkey. Bear up. Mitch Trubisky, another solid performance at the helm for our beloved Chicago Bears. Let me see if I can pull up the stats here real quick. Box score, Mitch Trubisky, 18 of 26. Only 120, uh, only 163 yards, but no interceptions. He was not sacked. His feet did the magic on that one. I think the the Vikings had him dead to rights a couple of times, but he managed to scramble and get away. Uh, no sacks, no picks, uh, and 85.9 uh, quarterback rating yesterday. Um, just uh, you know, he made the throws, especially on that 16 uh, play drive there that that put the game away. Uh, essentially, you know, there was one throw in particular on like third and eight. He put a, threw a laser to Javon Wims, uh, turned around. Javon made a great catch uh, yesterday to, to hang on to the football and get the first down, extend the drive, move the chains, and the Bears just kind of imposed their will and, and put the ball in the end zone uh, to, to put the game out of reach uh, for him. Mitch made the throws. He made the plays when he needed to make them yesterday, and that's all we need Mitch to do. With the defense that we have, he doesn't have to be Patrick Mahomes and throw for 50 touchdowns and 5,000 yards. Uh, or anything like that we'll turn the ball over to Jordan Howard who ran for 21 carries and 109 yards and two touchdowns yesterday and even though Tariq Cohen only had 24 yards rushing he got it on five carries so he had 4.8 yards a carry and a touchdown yesterday the Bears were running the ball up Minnesota's butt uh yesterday um even uh the only the person who had the 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 worst day running the ball was Benny Cunningham and he, he had six carries for 13 yards so two yards a carry big deal but, you know, it just um, – he had uh, an efficient day. 18-26 to 26 is a good day throwing the football. No picks, no interceptions, no fumbles, no turnovers, no mistakes. He had a good day. So bear up, Matt Strabisky. Uh, bear up, Matt Nagy, you know, running the football, giving it to Jordan Howard, the creativity of the two-point play. And just like I talked about before, the guy's just done something. He's, he's doing – he's selling the – he's uh, sold the team on a bill of goods – And the team is all in on it. You know, Club Dub, uh, the defensive players. uh, I heard, uh, I think it was Akeem Hicks or somebody that said. Anytime Nagy comes walking into a defensive meeting, they all perk up because they're wondering, okay, whose turn is it now to get in on some kind of wacky formation, you know, at the goal line or something like that? Does uh, you know, do we get to see Khalil Mack line up as a wide receiver or something like that, or, or, or what have you? Like, whose whose turn is it this time? These guys are excited to see Coach Nagy come walking in to the defensive meeting room because it usually means something awesome is going to happen. And um, just want to bear up to yesterday for his performance. He made the right call. I did not envy the decision that Nagy had to make yesterday. You know, either we, we go in and we, we try to win the game. He didn't scoreboard watch. He didn't. He learned at the, the very first time he learned what was going on in Los Angeles was at halftime when Aaron Andrews, the sideline reporter, sexy, um, told him what the score was in, in, uh, in Los Angeles, how the 49ers were basically crapping the bed for, him, uh, for us out there. That they were giving us no help. We're we're the three seed, basically, is what's happening. Uh, he went in there to win. He he had the players buy in on the idea of winning, and and the starters going into the second half and and playing into the fourth quarter yesterday. And uh, you know the guys were on board. Nobody was like, man, what are we still doing in the game? Nobody had that attitude. They went out there, they played hard, they dominated the the, the Vikings and, and and got the win, twelfth win of the season outstanding man god damn seven and one in the second half uh, of the season just an outstanding job uh, for the Bears five and zero against the division as well that was one thing that stood out uh, when the schedule came out was in five of our last eight games were in the division and we won them all we won them all god damn that's awesome so bear up to to coach Nagy and uh, you know just getting it done overall and uh, the decisions that he made yesterday worked out just fine bear up jordan howard like i said 21 carries 109 yards over five yards a carry two touchdowns the longest run of the year at 42 yards to kick off the game uh essentially kind of hitting his stride at just the right time i think he only ended up being you know where at one point it looked like a thousand yards was a pipe dream i think he only finished about 60 yards short of uh, of a thousand yards uh on the year so i mean if he could have uh you know Maybe if if he could have gained five yards a game more than he did, he would have had a thousand yards this year. That's how crazy uh, it is. But the finish that he had this year, kind of getting ramped up at the right time, getting him on, getting him rolling at the end of the year. If this is also part of Matt Nagy's diabolical plan to get Jordan Howard going at this time of year. It's another genius move on his part. My buddy Ryan Simmons wants me to believe that that's what Nagy has been doing. He's been saving Jordan Howard for, the, for December and the playoff run. And right now I can't argue with the theory because it looks like that's exactly what Nagy uh, is doing. Uh, bear up, Nick Witkowski having his moments, making the most of it, and, and also you know, apparently he's very popular with his teammates because he had a whole truckload of dudes waiting for him when he got to the sideline to celebrate his two-point catch uh, yesterday, bear up to Bradley soul <laughs> for my favorite moment in the game. Yesterday, his big ass rumbling down the middle of the field, legit running a like a seam route. I, I totally see him coming to the sideline be like, Mitch, I was open, dude. What's up, man? What happened? I was open, you know, something like that. So that was just so great. And then finally I could list them all, but we don't want to be here all night. Bear up to the defense. I mean, everybody, everybody who played yesterday, even our second teamers and Isaiah Irving who got a sack yesterday, uh, you know Kevin Tolliver played well when he came out uh, onto the onto the field. I do believe Nick Witkowski got some defensive snaps in yesterday you saw uh, Iggy, um, Yoel uh, EA Booneyway out there making some tackles late in the uh, fourth quarter just I mean, we put our second teamers in there and they dominated just as well as our first teamers mm-hmm. did, which would kind of make some people think well, Maybe we could have won it without the starters. Who knows? Who knows, man? You know, we'll forever have to wonder. But when they got their chance to go out there, they continued the beating that the first-teamers were putting on the Vikings, and that was fun to see. But the defense in general, you know, just an outstanding job yesterday, shutting down uh, the Vikings, a team that had a lot of success running the football yesterday or uh, this year, had, uh, well, basically nothing. On the ground. Uh, Dalvin Cook had 39 yards on 11 carries. Latavius Murray had that 20 yard run, that one play on that touchdown drive, but finished with 18 on the day. So he had two carries for 18 yards. So he lost yardage on the second time uh, that he touched the ball. The Vikings finished the game with 63 yards rushing yesterday. 63. And it helped the Bears. It helped propel the Bears to be the number one rushing defense in football uh, yesterday and the number one scoring defense by only allowing, uh, 10 points. So we have the best defense in football. That's, that's how you determine that we are the number one scoring defense, the number one run defense in football. And, uh, we're going to stomp a mud hole in Philly's ass on Sunday and I can't wait to see it. So, uh, just to bear up to Vic Fangio for leading that defense, please don't leave us Vic. I know that, uh, you know, there's going to be some jobs out there that are going to try to entice you, Eight jobs that are open, and we'll go ahead and talk about that real quick to finish things up. Uh, we got Cleveland and Green Bay who made their firings midseason. Uh, Miami let go of Adam Gase today. Cincinnati finally fired Marvin Lewis. They should have done that like at least three years ago, at least three years ago, if not sooner. Uh, Denver fired uh, Vance Johnson today. I think his last name is Johnson. I don't know. Vance something. Last name is I don't remember. It doesn't matter. He's fired, so off he goes into the into the uh, into the great abyss once again. Uh, we mentioned Miami and Denver because those are the two teams that have already made requests to interview uh, Vic Fangio. Uh, Arizona fired Steve Wilkes after only one year. I am not a fan of that move at all. Uh, you 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 hire a guy. Uh, you know, he's, he's only a coach for one year with a rookie quarterback that played since week three. Basically he, he started his rookie season at week three when he played against the bears and uh, was the starter for the rest of the year. And you went three and 13 with a rookie quarterback and, and dealt with a lot of injuries too. So it just, it didn't seem right. There had something that had to be going very, very wrong with that team for them to pull the trigger after one year. Uh, I didn't like the move at all. Did not like the move, not a fan, uh, of that, uh, at all. So let's so see, you got Cincinnati, Cleveland, Miami, Denver, uh, Arizona, the Jets, uh, Todd Bowles, uh, was let go, uh, earlier today. Uh, who else am I missing? And there are a couple more, uh, out there. So, but, uh, I mentioned Todd Bowles because I've been talking back and forth with, with friends and my dad about, um, about Vic Fangio possibly interviewing for some of these jobs. And, uh, I've mentioned that if uh, if God forbid Vic Fangio is uh, enticed enough to uh, to walk away and, and take a shot at being a a head man, Todd Bowles is the guy that I want to replace him. I didn't. I just had a gut feeling, a, a bad feeling about Todd Bowles as a co- as a head coach. Uh, I thought he was an awesome defensive coordinator. I thought he could be the uh, the new era uh, Wade Phillips, basically. Like this would be a guy. That, you know, he'll probably he'll he'll go back and he'll be a defensive coordinator and he'll be successful because he's great at it. He he built the defense from nothing in Arizona when he was the D.C. under uh, Bruce Arians and, you know, built a reputation to get a shot at being a head coach. It didn't work out with the Jets. He's going to probably be a defensive coordinator at the very least. He'll be a defensive coordinator somewhere in 2019. He's the guy that I want the Bears to get if Vic Fangio goes. I want Todd Bowles to be the defensive coordinator. I think the defense could be just as good, if not better, because I think Bowles is a bit more aggressive uh, than Fangio likes to be. But, you know, it could be very interesting if we could get Todd Bowles to take over if Fangio uh, takes a head coaching job. So uh, it's it's going to be an interesting winter. You know, the, if, if Fangio takes the job, I hope the Bears can get Bowles to replace him. But um, hopefully, the the hopefully Fangio can't walk away. You know, the Bears gave him a hefty raise from what I hear uh, to come back and, and, and lead the defense. He kept his entire coaching staff. He has full autonomy as far as the defense uh, is concerned. He has a Hall of Fame player in, in Khalil Mack to, to play there. He, you know, the Bears went out and got him Roquan Smith. He's got Akeem Hicks and Eddie Goldman. He's been nurturing these guys for the last few years. Can he walk away? You know, is the enticement the pull of being a head coach, being able to check that box on your resume? Is it that important that he would go to one of these situations, uh, you know, walk away and and go to uh, Miami or Denver, where it's a below average roster on both for both teams? Would he go out there and, and, and do it? Is that enticement? Is it enough? And when I was talking to my dad about it, I mentioned to him that, you know, it's, it's going to be, I really feel like Fangio's got a hell of a lot of leverage right now. It's going to be more about those teams convincing Fangio to take the job than it will about Fangio trying to convince them to make him their head coach. I really think like that's the spot that Fangio is in right now. It's like, number one, look at everything that I have in Chicago. I have Khalil Mack. I have one of the top secondaries. I have Eddie Jackson. I have Roquan Smith, Danny Trevathan, Eddie Goldman, Akeem Hicks. Uh, Leonard Floyd is blossoming, thank God. And, you know, I've got a head coach who lets me do whatever the hell I want on the defensive side. He trusts me to run my unit. Convince me that I should walk away from that. Convince me. You know, you want me to come and lead your crappy team, you can't figure out who you want to be quarterback, Denver. Uh, you, you, you can't, uh, you want me to lead this team that has no quarterback in Miami. Cause they're probably not bringing Tannehill back. It's like, really, you want me to build this thing from the ground up when I just spent the last four years doing that in Chicago. And now it's finally paying dividends. I really do feel like it's going to be more about him interviewing them than them interviewing him. They're going to have to sell him on going to Denver or Miami or any other team that requests an interview. Then it will be Fangio trying to convince them that he's the right guy for the job. So uh, Fangio's got a lot of uh, f- incentive. And uh, hopefully that uh, whatever offer is made that Fangio will come back to Chicago to see if the Bears can match it to keep him in Chicago and leading our defense uh, for a while. So that's my two cents on the uh, on the other jobs. So or on the head coaching jobs and the ones that Fangio might be uh, up for. So anyway, that will do it for the week 17 review of the bears talk underground we will be back on thursday for the wild card preview good god we're actually talking about playoff games when one of armchair all-americans very own matt martellucci from the armchair bird gang will be on the show to help me preview this game between the bears and the eagles looking forward to that our first crossover uh, armchair show so um we'll be back on thursday with that And until then, my name is Larry D. And this has been Bears Talk Underground. There are some things that are too good to keep a secret. Like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. That's slash wondery.